We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice-cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Welcome in, everybody, to another edition of the Pack-A-Day podcast, a game day edition, getting you ready for Packers-Chargers. Packers going on the road for the first time, back-to-back on the road, first time this season to L.A. to take on the Chargers. I'm Dan Kotnick. With me today, we're kicking it back to the old school, the OG unit. I got Chris Schimmel up here with me. Chris, how you doing, buddy? Pretty good. It's been a while. It's been, I think, since April since we've done a podcast together. So it's good to be back. So it it was a different team that we were talking about last time that we talked. <laughs> oh yeah, last last time it was all what ifs, you right? Know? And so, and you know, it, it's just nuts to think that we're already halfway through the season. Does it does it not feel yeah. like that? No, it it feels like the season started two weeks ago. Right. Like I, it's crazy that this is already halfway by there's already snow on the ground. It, it, it really feels like the season just getting underway. Yeah, it, it's been, it's been absolutely crazy. I mean, the, the way this team has started the season, it just seems like it's flown by. Um, and, you know, I think, I think it helps too, that it was all like almost all of those games in the first eight weeks are at home because when you go on the road, I feel like those games kind of stick out in your mind a little bit more. You know, you've got different kickoff times. You've got, uh, you know, a different field that you're looking at when you're watching on TV. For some reason, like just the the road games stick out in your mind just a little bit more as like kind of uh, 
you know, demarcation points for where the season has been. And uh, like the Packers got obviously a, a very helpful season or schedule early on this year and play most of those games at Lambeau. But like I said, going to LA today to take on the Chargers and the big news this week, Chris, is a, a, a name that the Packers have been looking to see back in that lineup on the offense side of the ball back for the first time in a couple of weeks. Robert Tunyon. He looks like he's going to be back, Chris. I know that's the name people have been waiting to hear to get back in that offense, but Robert Tunyon, Big Bob, he's back. Oh, and Devontae Adams might play too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you threw me a curveball. I did not expect that at all. But wow. Yeah, Robert Tunyon. Yeah. Jimmy Graham better be better be, you know, on his toes right. this week. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Robert Tunyon's coming back. But yeah, you know, Devontae Adams hearing him practicing in pads. At the same time, you're still a little nervous because coming from a guy who's played football and has had those injuries, when you come back, the first thing on your mind is don't re-injure it. Don't re-injure it because it's taken you so long just to get to this point. The last thing you want to do is re-injure it. So what, what do you think of uh, Devontae Adams coming back? Well, I, I agree with you. I think, you know, it's the Packers thankfully have had a lot of success in Adam's absence. So you haven't had to have a lot of pressure to rush him back, which has been great. Personally for me, if he, if I don't know his body and I don't know how he feels, uh, turf toe is a, a tricky injury to diagnose and to kind of uh, rehab and treat as you're in the middle of the season. So I, I can't, I can't say how he's feeling right now or how the rehab has gone for him. If it was me, if I was playing it, if I was playing fantasy owner or Madden, I, I would keep him out until the bye week just because I think the, you've got two very winnable games today and then next week against the Chargers – or excuse me, against the, the Panthers next week. For me, I, I'd love to see him just, just sit out and, and just be 100% complete and totally on the safe side. But uh, like I said, if, if he feels like he's 100% to go again and, and that's not going to be an issue for him, then by all means, let's let's bring him back out there and see how he – Let's add, let's add gasoline to the fire then. Yeah, at the same time, you know, it's these football players are such competitors. If you ask them, they're going to say, yeah, I want to be out there. Sometimes you right. have to reel them back in and say, okay, I know you want to. You feel like, you know, you're Superman, but right now this toe is kryptonite. You don't really want to push it too hard. We'll see what kind of route he's favoring of doing, you know. And see if it really works, and if that could. And open. even overall, like how many snaps he gets. Exactly, he could be used as a not necessarily. It's kind of hard to think of Devontae Adams as a decoy, but if that could really side their uh, their best corners to his side of the field, that could help the Packers out. Yeah, that's that's a very good point, and I mean, with the way this offense has been playing, without him in it, and you know, we mentioned Robert Tunyon too. That not not to make a joke out of out of him coming back, but you know, there's, there's, he's been, you know, a, a player that the Packers have tried to rotate in, uh, you know, in spurts and with the, you know, the, the surge that's rising against Jimmy Graham and his playing time. And then Jay Sternberger looks like he could be coming back into the lineup, you know, in a couple of weeks from now coming off of IR this tight end position group gets a little bit interesting. And so it'd be interesting to see what happens with him uh, today in, in this game against the chargers or, you know, just in the next couple of weeks as well. And, and, and with this offense too, Chris, uh, the other injuries that kind of give you pause, they didn't really rear their head in the, the practices leading up to this week, thankfully, 
But uh, last Sunday night we saw both tackles, David Bakhtiari and Brian Bulaga, had to miss uh, several snaps due to, uh, you know, different injuries. Luckily, Alex Light came in and played uh, phenomenal in both of those stints. But uh, just any kind of real injury to that to that offensive line group kind of raises questions because we saw them have troubles against Kansas City last week, and then now you've got two of the better pass rushers in in the league with Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram, uh, you know, matching up again on the outside. And they're, the middle of their defensive line kind of, uh, you know, evens out the uh, tenacity for their defensive end, but still, Chris, you know, it's it's another it's another outstanding pass rush that the Packers have to face again early on. Yeah, and the good I think it's almost a good thing the Packers have faced so many great pass rushers early in the year because it kind of prepares them. You know, they went against the Bears, right. they went against the Broncos. Now they're going up against Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram. But Bosa, he you know seven sacks this year. He's had four in the last two games alone. But you know the Packers. It's kind of crazy. The Packers offensive line, they rank number one in the NFL, holding 68% of their blocks for two and a half seconds or longer. So overall, they've been great. But this is the first time we've really seen them start to get, you know, banged up. So hopefully they take the uh, good amount of time to rest to really prepare for this because it looks like they might be heading for an ice bath after this game. But, (laughs) you know, but overall, because last week against the Chiefs, you know, Rodgers was sacked five times. He was hit, I think, I don't even know if this if this is accurate. Thirteen hits on Rodgers last week. I could see that. Thirteen hits and five sacks. So that that's pretty crazy for this to be happening. So hopefully they keep him upright this game. But yeah, that's that's the main uh, issue I feel the Packers is going to face against this uh, Charger defense. You and you probably see. Uh, here's the thing too to, to see out of this offense is who who's going to be the person this week. And that, that's what it's kind of been every single week is who's going to be the guy because uh, you know before Devonte Adams' injury went down, he had the he had the injury in the Philadelphia game, but Philadelphia was like his game. And then since then, you've had uh, Aaron Jones obviously have two outstanding games. Jamal Williams got to have uh, a dominant game in there as well. Alan Lazard has kind of taken over as uh, a fan favorite in that wide receiving group and had an amazing game uh, last week as well. It's, it's like who's gonna who's gonna be the person that gets to step up this week? It, it's a very fun offense to watch, and I think uh, you know playing in playing this LA defense. It gives them a lot of it gives them a lot of uh, issues because yeah their def- their defense has suffered a lot of uh, injuries. I mentioned the the defensive line for them has been pretty banged up and uh, probably see a lot of inside uh, stuff happen for the Packers offensively. But you know y- you've got you've got guys like Desmond King and Casey Hayward on the end on the end too that are going to go up against uh, this Packer wide receiving group. So it's going to be a lot of fun to watch this offense against the Chargers defense. Oh, yeah, and especially I love that you brought up Casey Hayward. You know, since he left, you know, since 2016, he's fifth in the league in interceptions and second in pass breakups. So i like to see if Devontae Adams comes back, him and Hayward going at it would be interesting to see. Or uh, if him going up against Scantling or somebody like that. So mm-hmm. it's going to be overall – pretty fun to watch because the last two times the Packers have played the Chargers have been nail biters you think back in 2011 it was 45 to 38 and then in 2017 2015 the Packers uh, gave up 503 passing yards to Phillip Rivers that which is a franchise record (laughs) so it's going to be interesting to see what kind of uh, Charger team really shows up 
But overall, I think that the Packers offense, if they do have problems with the pass rush of the Chargers, they're going to be hitting their checkdowns uh, with Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams. And once again, bringing tight ends as checkdowns too. I saw Jimmy Graham, you know, as being kind of a security blanket for Rodgers as well. Mm-hmm. So I, I see a lot of that continue to happen uh, for this game if the offensive line doesn't hold up. Yeah, and then uh, you bring up Phillip Rivers. You know, the Packers are 2-0 against Phillip Rivers, but uh, he he always will put up his numbers. And it, it's crazy to watch him play. And I, I mentioned this on our, uh, our Tuesday episode when we were kind of looking at uh, storylines to watch for this game. I mentioned how I've I've just always loved watching Philip Rivers uh, play football. He he is you know this generation's like Brett Favre. It feels like with uh, he he just gunslings all the round. He's incredibly tough, uh, you know, physically and mentally. And you know he always like you said, like you mentioned, the two times he's played the Packers. Uh, it's always been a shootout. And so this defense for the Packers going up against another big test because you go on the road. This is really, I'm I'm trying to think back. This is probably the first road test that they're going to go up against, against a really seasoned veteran quarterback because you had Mitchell Trubisky with Chicago, Dak Prescott with uh, the Cowboys. And then, uh, you know, we didn't get to see Patrick Mahomes. We saw Matt Moore last week. So this is really the biggest quarterback test this defense gets to face on the road. Yeah, and, and I know I'm not going to turn a lot of heads by saying this, but I am starting to get a little bit more worried about this Packer defense over the last couple of uh, couple of games. If you take a look, they're in the top 10 in only two categories, and that's uh, – that I've looked up and that's points and interceptions. You know, they're 22nd in total offense, 19th in pass, 24th against the run. And that's what I I'm pretty worried about in this game because the chargers, they have struggled to establish the run. Uh, and, but they're going against the Packers who have the 24th ranked run defense. And I just looked up a statistic that just blew my mind. It's the chargers are just the third team since 1940 to have fewer than 40 rushing yards in four straight games. I saw that too. Isn't that crazy? And to, and it's kind of when you have Melvin Gordon, who, by the way, has only 112 yards on 44 carries, two and a half average, and one touchdown. He's never had more than 32 yards in a single game this year. And people say, well, the Chargers have been down and they've had to throw it to get back in. But these last three games against the Steelers, Titans, and Bears have been real nail-biter close games and yet they still have not been able to establish the run. So I, I, I want to see this Packer defense not become the first team in four weeks to allow them to get over 40. But And I'm sorry, but I think they're going to. I think it's it's going to be painful to hear the announcers bring that up on Sunday. I think, I think you bring up a, a, an interesting thing to watch, an interesting dynamic, because the Packers have been very porous against the run, and you've got a running game that's been anemic, and it's it's the perfect, you know, situation for them to establish a running game. But then when you know I was doing kind of research and reading up on the new offensive coordinator for the the Chargers, because obviously they uh, shacked, uh, excuse me, shacked, they sacked Ken Wisenhunt, <laughs> um, 
you know, uh, earlier this week. And so now Shane uh, Stecken, or Stecken, I'm not sure how he says his last name, um, he gets the nod, and he's been the, the quarterback's coach for them, and they said that he's just got this amazing rapport with Phillip Rivers and that, you know, early reports are they think that he will be he will be somebody that kind of lets Philip Rivers feel a little bit more loose and open in this offense and that some of the uh, negative against Ken Wisenhunt was that he was trying to force the running game too much. And so with, with it being a new offensive coordinator, we really kind of have no idea what he's going to come out with. You know what I mean? Because yeah, like it, it, it's, it's right there for the running game to open up, but this guy, you know, apparently it's, it's him and Phillip rivers to the end. And so what, is, what does this new offensive coordinator do? We saw something similar, you know, a couple of years ago when the Bengals offense was struggling in those early couple of weeks, they get a new offensive coordinator before they go up against the Packers. And that defense struggles to kind of handle that because you just don't know his tendencies. And it's hard for, uh, for, you know, defenses to kind of prepare for a guy they've never seen before or or that really nobody's seen before. But one, one thing to, that I think I want to mention, Chris, before I let you get back in with this defense. And yeah, I kind of worry about some of those stats too, but there's got to be something said for the job that I think Mike Pettin has done in particular with uh, the halftime adjustments that he's been able to make for this defense, because it really seems the past couple of weeks, the defense may struggle early on in that first half, but then in that second half, they change and, and you know, they, they make the changes that they need to. And it just seems like a completely different, uh, you know, defense in the second half. And so, Numbers, I think, are scary, and, and I think they do point to problems that they have, but I think something has to be said for the changes that they've been able to make in-game. Yeah, and, you know, if you take a look, the Chargers, they've ran the ball just 32.4% of the time the last two games. So I, I do see them coming out with the power game, but also I feel this offensive coordinator is going to really try to get Keenan Allen and Mike Williams back into play. You know, it's kind of nuts to think that Keenan Allen, the guy who had 183 yards against the Texans, he's on a five-game touchdown drought. He had 29 catches in the first three games, but just 22 over the last five. So I feel them really trying to get Keenan Allen into play. But seeing him against Jair Alexander, I think, is going to be a lot of fun to watch. And then you have Mike Williams, who Mm -hmm. he had 10 touchdowns last year in his rookie year. He has zero this year. But 16.1 yards per catch, he's 6'4", 220. That's going to be a huge task for Kevin King to keep up. Because Kevin King, I feel he's, I don't know, did you see him giving up a lot of space against the Chiefs? Really lining up, giving a lot of cushion to the other uh, receivers? Yeah, he yeah he has. And that's that's been kind of a, that's been kind of, it seems like that's been the, the MO for a lot of these cornerbacks in the, in, the the pet and defense this year there's been a lot of a lot of space and a lot of zone yeah agreed and then but also uh their left tackles coming back so that's also going to be a huge thing because true the packers pass rush you know they were sacking quarterbacks like crazy earlier this year i feel like they've kind of slowed down but i feel like the smiths have been playing so many snaps every time i see a smith down on the field we hold our breath yeah. <laughs> you know, I just want to like give them a breather. Yeah. That's why I want to see Rashawn Gary and Kyler Fakro really step up to give these Smith guys some, some rest because I feel like th- they've been slowing down, which is only natural as the season goes on. So I feel they're 
putting too much on their plates and these other guys need to step up. Yeah. And I don't know if it got brought up uh, on yesterday's podcast. It might've been too, I'm not sure, but you know, the whole situation was Zadarius Smith and uh, you know, the Racine County, um, you know, uh, sheriff's office and everything like that, like that, that kind of, you know, is another thing that proves that these young guys, like you said, Rashawn Gary and Fackrell need to step up and, and really create more pressure. And I honestly think I, yeah, Rashawn Gary needs to, needs to figure it out and, and kind of expect him to develop a little bit quicker. But, uh, you know, I think for this defense too, you need to look at the inside of this defensive line because, that that's what really will open up a lot of that stuff on the outside a little bit more for guys like Rashawn Gary, um, you know, that they're not facing double teams or stuff from uh, running backs or tight ends because you have guys like Kenny Clark and, uh, and Adams and even uh, Kingsley Kiki in there, um, you know, trying to, trying to create noise in the middle of the defensive line. I think we'd really like to see that. And then obviously that helps show up that, that running game too a little bit and you know Chris overall as, as a game this week it'll be really fun to watch the atmosphere in Los Angeles because it, it's been said a couple of times and uh you know there, there's been a lot of talk about it that this is going to be essentially a uh a home game for the Packers or at least they anticipate it to be I think I heard um on uh on Packer transplants earlier this week that the the count was they were looking at about 60 40 uh, Packers fans, Chargers fans, but I, I think that's a very conservative estimate. <laughs> oh yeah, you know, for what we're going to see. Yeah, I'm excited to see that. And my my cousin, who is a huge Charger fan, because she was born and raised in San Diego, she got tickets. I'm sorry. <laughs> She's also a Packer <laughs> fan. She loves them both. All right. And uh, she said that when she went to go see the Packers Chargers in 2011, even though this was back in San Diego. She said mm-hmm. it was so loud at the end of the game, you could hear the go pack go chants at the end. And so I'm, yeah. I'm expecting if the Packers win or when they win, we're going to hear the go pack go chants at the end of the game. That, that's my prediction. Yeah. Well, okay. Speaking of predictions, what's the prediction for today? You say win, but what's, what's, your, what's your spread? What are you okay, calling? What's my spread? Okay. I see the Packers um, will win. 31 21 all right um i i will put it i will put it up there i think this i think this turns out to be another philip rivers aaron Rodgers shootout style game i'll put this one um and i'll go even a little bit closer because i i honestly like i said i think it's going to be a honest to god shootout and i, I think it's going to be something like 45 41 Something like that. Like I think both teams are going to put up wow. a lot of numbers offensively. Oh. I really, really do. And if, if that happens, I am really going to be worried about this defense in the future. <laughs> I mean, come on. You have Keenan Allen five games without a touchdown. Mike Williams no touchdowns. But right. But the one guy who I'm I am actually going to be worrying about is Austin Eckler. Right. And because ever since Gordon came back, he he had. He's been uh, only 16 carries for 31 yards over the last four games. But now they're using him as a receiver. He's He has over 500 right. receiving yards, 118 receiving yards against the Titans. So if they have him coming out of the backfield, can you see Blake Martinez or any of these linebackers 
running sideline to sideline because I, I, that's what I'm worried about. I'm looking forward to that matchup. Yeah, no that, that that's a that's a great point to bring up because if if there has been one really glaring weakness for this defense, I would say you could argue it's either big plays, which could definitely be an issue today with Keenan Allen and Philip Rivers throwing the ball around, and you know the the middle linebacker position has just been it's been non-existent when it comes to taking care of that running game or excuse me, the, the, the passing game with the running backs. Uh, yeah, you hit it right on the head. That, that, uh, if I was, if I was the Chargers, I think that's the first matchup you look at even before Keenan Allen. I think you look at, uh, you know, matching up a running back against Blake Martinez or an Oren Burks kind of situation. Cause we have the, the Packers really haven't shown much uh, that they can stop that. And just last week, I know I know it's Travis Kelsey. You know, he's kind of in a league of his own. But just remember him running mm-hmm. past Blake Martinez for that wide-open touchdown. Now, that, those are the plays I worry about because the Packers, they've allowed nine pass plays of 40 yards or more, most in the league, and the fifth most plays of 20 or more yards with 32. So they've been really burned on these big plays. And it it's really is a bend-but-don't-break defense. But I feel like if they put up the 41 points that you predict, then this defense will be so bent that there's no way they're going to be able to straighten it out. It might straighten out a little bit, but it's going to be permanently bent. Yeah. You know? So I feel like hopefully they can get this, but th- that's the matchup I'm really worried about is, and then also Hunter Henry tight end. I, I don't see linebackers really being able to match up with him too. Tight ends have been a big issue this year. So far, every team has found a way to make the tight end, uh, you know, situation work against this defense. Um, Chris, as we kind of wrap up any final thoughts or, uh, you know, ideas or just anything, any comments left, uh, left for, uh, this Chargers game. Um, another thing I really want to point out is the, uh, the Green Bay Packers third down, third down, uh, offense, which is going to be critical to keep the defense on the, on, on the sideline to get some rest there. If you look at statistically, the Packers offense is only 20th in the league in third down at 38%. But they're over 51% the last three games, and they're going against a Charger team, a Charger defense that's 30th in the league in third down. So if the Packers continue to move the ball in third down, keep the chains moving, give the defense, and, of course, the Smith brothers some rest so they don't cramp up some more, I think I think that'll be huge. Definitely. Lots of stuff to watch out for today. It's a uh, it's a 425 kickoff for me. It's 325 uh, for you guys, but just another uh, – late afternoon game for the Packers uh, this week against the Chargers. So uh, get ready for that game. Andy Herman will have uh, post-game stuff on Monday for you, so make sure you tune in for that. And uh, obviously the rest of the week, much more Packers content coming each and every day from us here at the Pack-A-Day Podcast. Um, You can follow us on Twitter at Pack-A-Day Podcast. Make sure you like, subscribe, rate, review the podcast, share it with your friends. Uh, turn it on at your pregame tailgate today and let us uh, get you ready for today. Um, probably not the best time to uh, to say that at the end of the podcast, but uh, you, sh- you should know it anyways. Um, you can follow myself on Twitter as well, at DK of the way. Uh, Chris, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at, at Chris Schimmel. Perfect. <laughs> Chris, it has been a blast reconnecting and getting the team back together this week. I've been, right, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, same man. It's been good talking with you. We're gonna we're gonna have to do it again, guys. Uh, so until then, until Chris and I talk again, 
uh, which by the latest track record will be in about six months from now, but <laughs> hopefully sooner. Um, until then, guys, enjoy the game today, and as always, go Pack Go. Go Pack Go. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.